You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. The total number of shipwrecks in the Baltic Sea is not known, but in German waters alone, less than a tenth of the whole sea, there are at least 1,000 objects waiting to be studied. This is episode 21 for January 21st, 2018. I'm Chris Webster, and welcome to the ARC 365 Podcast, 2018 edition. ARC 365 is a podcast today, every day, in 2018. This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to arcpodnet.com slash members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to arcpodnet.com slash members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process. That's arcpodnet.com slash members. This episode is written by Christopher Booth. The Baltic has become a major focus for maritime archaeology over the last three decades, with a huge variety of different types of wreck dating from the medieval period to the 20th century in close proximity to each other. The majority of the wrecks in the Baltic date to the World Wars. In each war, the majority of European ships that were sunk went down in the Baltic Sea. There are, however, rarer ships that date to the 15th and 16th centuries, and one near Sweden, which may be 800 years old. With so many wrecks to choose from, there are two that we wanted to highlight. First, the wreck of the Vasa, a Swedish warship built between 1626 and 1628. The Vasa foundered a mere 1,300 meters or 1,400 yards into its maiden voyage on 10 August 1628. Built on the orders of the King of Sweden, Gustavus Adolphus, as part of his military expansion during the war with Poland and Lithuania, the Vasa was constructed at the Navy Yard in Stockholm and armed primarily with a bronze cannon cast uh, specifically for the ship. The vessel was richly decorated as a symbol of the king's ambition, and upon completion, she was one of the most powerfully armed vessels in the world, with 48 24-pound guns amongst a total of 64 armaments. Despite the Vasa being dangerously top-heavy, with too much weight in the upper structure of the hull, she was ordered to sea and foundered just over one kilometer away. After the bronze weaponry was discovered in the 17th century, the wreck was forgotten until the 1950s when she was located in a busy shipping lane. After a difficult salvage process, the ship, with a largely intact hull, was raised in 1961 and housed in a temporary museum until 1988 when it was moved to its own Vasa Museum in Stockholm. Since her recovery, the Vasa has become a widely recognized symbol of the Swedish Great Power Period and is today a de facto standard in the media and among Swedes for evaluating the historic importance of shipwrecks. Whilst in the temporary museum, the ship was excavated by a team of archaeologists. This was the first time a four-story ship had ever been recovered intact and so presented a series of new challenges as well as exciting opportunities. The ship had to be kept wet to stop cracking before it could be properly conserved, so excavation had to be performed under a constant drizzle of water and in a sludge that could be more than one meter deep. During the excavations, thousands of artifacts, including clothing, weapons, cannons, tools, coins, cutlery, food, drink, and six of the ten sails, as well as the remains of at least 15 people, were found. The second wreck that we want to discuss is the wreck of the warship Mars. The Mars was the pride of the 16th century Swedish Navy and had, unlike the Vasa, performed well in several battles across the Baltic Sea. At the time, it was the largest warship in the world and had earned its name from the Roman god of war. Treasure hunters and archaeologists had sought the Mars for decades. But legend has it that a specter rose from the depths to guard the Mars against ever being discovered. That changed in the late spring of 2011 when a group of divers located the ship. After several years of careful study and underwater survey, researchers concluded that it is the best-preserved vessel of its kind. 
representing the first generation of Europe's big three-masted warships. There are no plans to raise the Mars due to the damage this would cause the ship. Instead, steps are being taken to protect the wreck. However, archaeologists have made use of photo surveys, photogrammetry, and 3D laser scans, accurate to 2 millimeters, to enable people on the surface to experience the wreck of the ship. These relatively new techniques are enabling archaeologists to attempt to reconstruct the last minutes of the ship and the souls on board. The Mars had, quote, totally unheard of firepower, unquote, for her time, and archaeologists now know that it is those cannons that played a key role in her demise. The ship went down while engaged with a Danish and German allied force in 1564. The Swedes routed the Danes on their first day of battle, and so on the second day, the Germans decided to press their luck. They began throwing fireballs at the Mars and eventually succeeded in setting her alight. As gunpowder on the warship fueled the inferno, the heat became so intense that the cannons began to explode, and it was those explosions that eventually sank the warship. It should be noted that diving in the Baltic is very dangerous as it remains crisscrossed with the busy shipping and fishing lanes. That's one reason why those in charge of the maritime archaeology in the regions don't disseminate information that could accurately locate these shipwrecks. In this episode, we only had time for two examples of valuable maritime archaeology, but research is continuing and new wrecks are being discovered all the time. The maritime archaeology of the Baltic Sea has plenty more to show us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to ARC365. If you want to hear more ARC365, check out www.arcpodnet.com slash ARC365 for the 2017 and 2018 episodes. Check out arcpodnet.com slash ARC365-G30 for the last 30 episodes. Please subscribe and rate on your service of choice. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, among others. Support the APN at arcpodnet.com slash members. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being awesome. This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.